This podcast may contain explicit language. Welcome to the Dynasty Download, the show where we prove Dynasty League fantasy is the best form there is. I'm Tom Duncan. Co-host, Ethan Hamilton. And tonight we are previewing week five of the NFL Slate 2021. But first, a few housekeeping notes. If you'd like to contact the show or have a question for us, please write us at DynastyDownload10 at gmail.com. If you'd like to be on our mailing list this year or going forward, please send us a note there. Also, you can now follow us on Twitter at DYDownload2020, and you can now find every episode of the show on dynasty-download.captivate.fm. Finally, please follow, rate, and review the show so that more people can discover that Dynasty Fantasy is the best form there is. And I do know, apparently, I haven't found where you can do it, but you can apparently now rate shows on Spotify. So please go do that there if you're listening on that particular app. All right, let's get into week five. Uh, You are back again, my friend. What are you looking forward to most this weekend? Yeah, yeah, it's good to be back. I feel like there's one game most definitely that everyone is looking forward to uh, this week and it's Bill's Chiefs. We'll get into that a little bit later, but that's for sure what I'm looking forward to. Other than that, I'm kind of disappointed a little bit with the slate of games. I feel like it's a little underwhelming, but you know, the NFL is, is a crazy beast, so I could be wrong, but most definitely Bill's Chiefs. I don't think there's any one that I'm going to put my finger on in the same way we did last week. That says, oh, this is a great matchup. This is going to be a great game. Because even some of those games were a little bit disappointing. Yeah, the Patriots-Buccaneers kind of lived up to it a little bit, but it was still kind of an underwhelming game just to watch. And uh, for most of the first half and like the second half of the fourth quarter, that Raiders-Chiefs game, or excuse me, Raiders-Chargers game on Monday night wasn't great. The Cardinals Rams was kind of a blowout. So I think it could go the opposite way. We're not thinking there's going to be a lot of great matchups and there's going to somehow be a bunch of really great games that come out of nowhere. But that being said, the game you did reference before, that is my game of the week. uh, And we'll get to that here in a second. But I think it's, it's obvious when you get any of the two contenders that were in the previous year's championship game from either league together. Yeah, most definitely. Um, get your popcorn ready. I think it's going to be a fun one. Going to be very high scoring, I think, as well. Yeah, two teams that have been here before, ready to do it all over again. Kind of see where they gauge themselves this early in the season. It'll tell a lot. I know they're going to downplay it, but I think this game will tell a lot. It's a measuring stick game if you can have one in week five. But really to know where you're at as a team, I think it'd be a huge win for the Chiefs to win this game, even if it is at home just because Buffalo has been blowing out the teams that they have beaten the last three weeks. And with the lone exception of that weird Steelers game in week one, where they had to block a punt in order to basically win the bills have looked unstoppable. So if somehow Kansas city can find a way to win that game, and I mean, they are favored at home. Most people still are betting favorites on the chiefs. I, I think it would go a long way to their confidence, but the bills on the other hand, with how much they got decimated in that championship game last season, If you can get over the hump and beat the big bad guy on the block and basically prove yourself, I think you're now the title favorite going forward. Well, not even that. I mean, including that, but it's, it's a confidence booster. You know, you can do it. You've done it before. Now, when you do it, you know, these two teams are going to eventually meet again in the playoffs, right? We all assume that, but you know, when that matchup finally does happen, you, it kind of just takes, takes the curtain away a little bit. 
where it's like, okay, we beat these guys before we can do it again. We know who they are. Um, we've seen this before. And yeah, I think, and I think if they lose and especially lose big, I think it's going to be one of those things like, Oh my God, are we ever going to beat this team? I don't know if I want to see this team again. Yeah. And realistically, given how both games went last year, even if it's close, I think it's a conference booster for Buffalo, but I think they have not only a legitimate shot, I think they should almost be the favorite in this game with the way things have gone the last few weeks, but let's get into the news before we get too much farther. So Chris Carson just missed his second straight day of practice. He is a game time decision for tomorrow night's game. Honestly, I'm not predicting that he's going to be out there. So if you have Chris Carson and Alex Collins is still available, please pick him up. Uh, I think I'm going to try and release this episode since we're recording this at 7.38 p.m. on Wednesday night. So usually a night earlier than we normally do. Uh, Putting this up a little bit early would probably help you out. If you have Chris Carson, go pick up Alex Collins because I just don't think he's going to play. Some of the other big running back news, David Montgomery is expected out four to five weeks with a knee sprain. Uh, It seems like he basically had what Giannis had in the finals and just doesn't have quite the superhumanness that Giannis did in order to come back in a single week. But uh, expect a lot of Damian Williams in the interim on that one. Joe Mixon is questionable slash day-to-day or week-to-week with an ankle injury. But then again, we heard that last year as well. So who knows what's going to be going on with him. I think most people are anticipating him to play, but knowing the Bengals and what they did last year, this could be a game time decision and could fuck with your lineup. So just have a backup plan in case Uh, Christian McCaffrey practiced in full with full pads today. What is it? Two weeks after his hamstring or not quite. So I don't know what's going on with that, but it seems like he's trending to play. I, I, I would be very surprised if he plays this weekend, but I'd be glad to see it as I do have him on one of my other teams. Chase Claypool, Amari Cooper, and Logan Thomas are all dealing with hamstring injuries. Logan Thomas got removed in the early part of that game for Washington last week. I don't expect him to be out there this week, but Chase Claypool missed the game uh, against the Packers on Sunday, and I guess he might be back, but I wouldn't count on any of these guys, depending on the severity or the strength of their um, hamstring issues, especially if they're missing practice yet late into the week, uh, being out there in order to help your teams. DJ Chark is now out for the season. He fractured his ankle in last Thursday night's game. Uh, You can safely drop him in redraft leagues. In longer-term leagues, I think he's a free agent this year, so you can keep him on your IR, just dependent on what things are, because he does have talent, but I think he's probably going to need to sign somewhere else, and depending on where he ends up, will determine whether you keep him long-term. Will Fuller and Marquez Valdez-Scantling both go to the IR with injuries of their own, but they can be back in about three weeks. Rob Gronkowski is potentially out for a few weeks with rib injuries. We were kind of monitoring this last week. It's one reason that we took his over-under off the board when we found out he was going to be out for that game rather than both of us getting an automatic loss. Tua Tungavailoa, I guess, is starting to throw or at least do some minimal workout. I would expect him around the same time as We were expecting either week six, week seven, kind of in that range when I think the Dolphins have their bye week. Gerald Everett may be activated from the COVID list for tomorrow night's football game. And then finally, Curtis Samuel and Elijah Mitchell did come back to practice this week and are both expected to play. So game of the week, I already gave mine. I 
would assume you have the same one, correct? Bills Chiefs. That's that's a safe assumption, yes, sir. Yeah, it, it's the pretty obvious one, and I think it has the most potential to be the uh, most disappointing game at, at the same time. I have a weird feeling that this is going to blow out one way or the other, and that we may be looking at a game that isn't nearly as competitive as we would hope for two top teams in the league. Yeah, you know, I can I can see that happening. Is <laughs> We know the Chiefs. We we know what they're capable of doing. Um, but we also know how terrible that defense has been playing as of late as well. Um, and as hot as the Buffalo Bills have been. So yeah, I mean, I can see a blowout going on either way as well, but I really do hope it's one of those football games where we talk about um all year long. It would be nice. It really would be. Uh right now the Chiefs are favored by two and a half at home, but I have them on upset alert. That is my upset of the week. Did you have a different game you were looking at? I do. I'm looking at Bears Raiders. And you know, this when I came to the conclusion that this week was kind of a dud, it was when I was looking at the upsets of the week. I, I just don't see that many. So I am taking Bears Raiders as kind of a flyer. The Raiders are favored five and a half. I feel like that's just kind of a lot. Um, Justin Fields, there's not a lot of tape out on him quite yet. So either it's one of those games where he's going to see something where he's never seen before and it's going to be terrible, or it's going to be one of those things where the Raiders haven't really seen a lot of him either. And he's going to kind of do what he needs to do in order to win that football game. So I'm going to go uh, Bears Raiders, Bears over the Raiders. So are you taking the Bears and the points or are you just taking the points? No, I'm going to take the Bears and the points. I think they win this okay. football game. I'd be a little bit surprised given what our opinion of the Raiders was until about Monday night, them being three and O coming into that game and Derek Carr looking like a world beater on offense. But I really don't know what to expect week to week out of this bears team right now. I had them on upset alert last week and they cost me, but who knows what, what is going to end up happening with them. So let's go to our start sit list for a standard team half PPR league. Start or sit either Devin Singletary or Zach Moss. You know, they have a great matchup. Kansas City, they give up the fifth most points to running backs so far this year. But I don't know if it's going to be a running back game. For me, I kind of feel like you're going to be banking on one of them to score a touchdown. I really do think that it's going to be a lot of passing. This game is going to be up and down the field. So, I mean, take that as you will. But the matchup is really, really nice. So Between the two of them, I guess I'd take Zach Moss. The recipe to beat the Chiefs for the last few years has been run the football, be physical, be dominant, keep Patrick Mahomes on the sideline. I think that they're going to establish the run, and if I pick the more physical back, unless they get down early, I would probably go with Zach Moss, who probably will get a few goal line touches in this one, and he's been the hot guy over the last two to three weeks. So I would say I might roll with Zach Moss as a flex play. Devin Singletary, I'm probably sitting at this point. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Odell Beckham, uh, who are they playing up against this week? I think the uh, Chargers, which actually is yes, not a bad matchup. Absolutely. I think Chargers-Browns is a, an underrated Is it game. the Chargers or is it the Rams? I'm pretty sure it's the Chargers. It is the Chargers. Okay, sorry. Matchup-wise and health-wise, I still don't know if, o- if Odell is, is there yet. So for me, he's a sit. I put him in my lineup last week, hoping that he'd have a great matchup against the Vikings. And realistically, he had several open times during the, especially, I think there was a late 
throw in the game. Like it was a third down and like three and they threw the ball deep and he was wide the fuck open. And Baker Mayfield just completely missed him. Like he was looking like me throwing the football. So, and we know how that goes regardless that would have made Odell Beckham's week. And yet I just don't know if Baker Mayfield's not in peak season form as he was at the end of last year, or they don't throw the the ball enough to get him in rhythm or what it is, but the Browns have been winning on really, really good defense and two really good running backs. And given the fact that the chargers give up a lot of yards on the ground, I would expect that the Browns are going to really try and hammer the ball, shorten up the game, try and uh, take care of their advantages and not let Baker Mayfield beat them. So he's a sit for me this week as well. Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb this week against the Giants. Yeah, against the Giants. The Giants are in the bottom half in the league in yards and touchdowns. They give up a lot of them. You know Amari Cooper is dealing with the hamstring injury. I think CeeDee Lamb is the play this week. I think if you have either of them, you're probably starting them with the exception being that while the Giants have given up a lot of passing yards, James Bradbury did really well, especially against Dallas last year, locking up Amari Cooper. And so I think the expectation is that they're going to roll with him uh, being on Cooper, but I really don't see that being the case with him beat up and maybe not even playing this game. I think Lamb has a surprisingly mediocre game for maybe a good overall matchup. And I think that Dallas continues to try and pound the ball, run with uh, Pollard and Elliott, and then throw to their two tight ends. I think this is another weird game where Dallas's wide receivers just don't do well. Maybe I'm wrong again, but I, I just don't see it this week. Cortland Sutton against the Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. Steelers. Yeah, I like the matchup, uh, but we haven't really seen the Cortland Sutton we kind of expected so far, right? We talked a lot about him in the off in the offseason about kind of what we expected him to be. I like I said, I like the matchup against the Steelers. I just for me, I feel like I need to see the consistency out of Cortland Sutton. He had that huge game against the Jaguars, but a lot of people have been having big games against the Jaguars. So he's a sit for me right now. If it were Cortland Sutton playing the Chiefs or the Raiders or, you know, a team that I could definitely see that the matchup was a little bit lighter, they don't have as good a pass rush. Sure, I'd be willing to roll with him. But the other thing of this one is, I don't know who the quarterback's going to be. I don't think Bridgewater's playing, and you're asking me to roll with Drew Locke and Cortland Sutton? I just, that's not a chance I want to take on my lineup right now. I'd say Sid as well. Let's go Corey Davis in London against the Atlanta Falcons. You know, the matchup is there, right? Corey Davis had a really good week last week. As well, I forgot who they played. No, it was a revenge game, right? They, he played the Titans. That's um, correct. Had a yeah. really long touchdown that really saved his day, but you know, overall was still a featured guy. And he should be. I feel like he should be the number one wide receiver, but Jamison Crowder is healthy, so that's somebody that's going to eat away at targets. Uh, for Corey Davis, I do like the matchup, but the risk, we all know what the risk is going to be, so I think he could be a sneaky good flex play, but use at your own caution. It sounds like Elijah Moore might play or might be available. And we already know Jamison Crowder's back and got a lot of targets last week. The Jets started to look a little bit better, more proficient. I know it was against Tennessee who gives up anything uh, on defense right now, but really Atlanta does too. I think I like the matchup. I roll with it. I rolled with it last week. I would roll with it again. I think he's a potential stud this week. 
Let us go to Michael Pittman Jr. against the Baltimore Ravens. The only reason I feel like I would want to start Michael Pittman Jr. this week is because I think there's going to be a lot of garbage time. I don't think this, uh, the Colts are going to be in this game all too long, and I do think that he could get a lot of points in garbage time, but I don't really like the matchup this week. The Ravens are one of the highest pressure teams in the league, and Carson Wentz is operating still on two bum ankles. I don't see it this week. He's going to get a lot of pressure early and often. And frankly, even though Michael Pittman's been enjoying somewhere between a 32 to 35% target share so far this season, his yardage just has not added up. So even though I like the volume, I just haven't seen it enough from him in order to warrant putting him in, putting him in my lineup against a tough matchup, even with the garbage time in my mind. Let's move to Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley against the Chiefs. Between the two of them, I'm going to go Emmanuel Sanders. I do think one of the it's two. It's not of them an either or. You can start both of them if you want it. Well, I, I think the Buffalo Bills are going to, the wide receivers are going to have a pretty decent day. Like I said, there's going to be a lot of points scored in this, in this uh, football game. So, yeah, if you have either one of them, depending on who, you, who else you have, but I think they could be pretty decent starts this week. There's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. If you really feel like there's going to be a lot of points scored, a lot of passing that the Bills are going to have to stay in the passing game to keep up with the Chiefs, I would guarantee that both of them might have at least flex viable days. And frankly, they've been relevant the last couple of weeks just before you consider Stefan Diggs, who even had a decent week this last week. So I think any Bills pass catcher, Dawson Knox, uh, Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Beasley, Stefan Diggs is easy to roll with this week with how bad the Chiefs have been and how much you think you probably need to score in order to beat them. Uh, I would say start all of them. Let's go to James Conner and the Arizona Cardinals playing the 49ers. Yeah, they're against the 49ers. Um, James Conner has had two very excellent weeks. Um, he is by far the Arizona Cardinals' uh, preferred option in the red zone four touchdowns, I think in the last two weeks. Um, so yeah, I would ride the hot hand while you can. James Conner is a start for me, especially against the San Francisco 49ers. I think he's a flex viable guy because of the touchdown dependency, but he's morphed into what Kenyon Drake was last year. And Kenyon Drake was their goal line back. I think between the twenties, it's going to be a lot of chase Edmonds. So in a PPR value, I would go that way, but in a half point or under, I would say Connor's probably the better flex play right now because he's more likely to get into the end zone. All right, then let's go to Randall Cobb versus the Bengals. I don't know. I'm not there yet. You know, Randall Cobb, we all know his best days are behind him. He had a very good week this past week. I do think he is becoming more involved in the offense. I think he's getting a more understanding of it. And you can see each and every week that he's been on the field more and more. I do think that he's going to be Aaron Rodgers' favorite target on like third down and everything like that. But being that type of football player doesn't always translate in being a really good fantasy football option as well, or fantasy football asset. So I am not there on Randall Cobb yet. Maybe he could end up being a flex type of guy, but I think that's kind of his ceiling. I don't know who the Bengals feature in their cornerback room that's going to really, unless they try and double up Devontae the way the Steelers did last week and make them go away from throwing to Tay. That being said, I know we don't have any Bengals on this start sit list, but I'm playing all of them. 
The news about the secondary for Green Bay right now is not great. Jair looks like he's at least out this weekend, maybe out for quite a while with the descriptions we got this afternoon from coach Matt LaFleur and Kevin King. we still don't know his status with that concussion. And we know he gives up points and touchdowns and, and everything else as we've seen time and time again with him. So Green Bay's ability to lock down, especially because they haven't been able to generate consistent pressure right now with one of their all pros also on the shelf with Zadarius Smith being out. I think this is a game where both teams are going to have to score a lot to beat the other. And it may be who has the ball last ends up winning. So I might go with all of them, but I may be with you that outside of Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers, and Devontae Adams, you know, the studs of this team. I'm not sure I'd be confident in starting any other Packer, including Bobby Tanya. Let's go to Miles Gaskin and the Dolphins against the Buccaneers. Hell no. Next question. Sit, 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 sit. <laughs> he was bad when he's not playing the best run defense in football. Why is this even on here? Bad Tom, bad Tom. Damian Williams and the Chicago Bears against the Raiders. You know, it's Damian Williams' backfield now, right? He did a lot with only eight carries this last week against the Lions, um, 55 yards and a touchdown. Now he's going up against the Las Vegas Raiders that give up the seventh most fantasy points to running backs so far this season. So uh, I think for sure uh, you should throw him into your lineup and feel pretty confident because the Bears are still starting a rookie quarterback, so they are going to look to control the game with the run. Raiders are coming off of a short week where they just gave up a ton of yards and Austin Eckler still might be running through their secondary. The way to beat the Raiders is through the run game. And I heard a rumor that Bill Lazor took over as the play caller last week for Chicago when they did that last season. That's when they went on their run to end up in the playoffs that almost, almost saved Mitchell Trubisky's job, but not quite. It's when David Montgomery started to pop off. So good matchup, better play calling, Uh, a quarterback who can actually take advantage of your skills and a guy who is not a stranger to having good games probably could have been the Super Bowl MVP two years ago. I say start as well. All right. Then we have Cordero Patterson versus the Jets. No, he could be in consideration for fantasy football player of the year so far this year in the first quarter of the year. Uh, You ride the hot hand until it's not hot anymore. I can't explain the Cordero Patterson what's going on this year. I have no idea, but you ride the hot hand until you can't ride it anymore. So yes, you start Cordell Patterson. I I say you have to start too. I have no great explanation for it. I'm not even sure this is a great matchup, but the Atlanta Falcons have to be a better offense at some point, but he is the guy that's moving the ball for them. And you got to assume that even though the jets are better than we think they are on defense, that you can still move the ball on the jets. So if there's going to be a guy, it's probably Cordero Patterson this week. All right, let's move to the Los Angeles Rams, and they are playing the Seattle Seahawks on this Thursday night. Bobby Trees or Van Jefferson starting either? Not Bobby Trees, not yet. Man, falling from fantasy grace, right? Can't really explain it, so I got to see it before I believe it again. I know Van he got Jeff- a garbage time touchdown last week, but yeah, he is completely fallen off. And I think I made a call on the show a few weeks back that said Van Jefferson might be the next Robert Woods. I think that's already starting to come to fruition as we kind of saw a little bit last week. Well, I mean, I got to take my victory lap right now as somebody that has been on the van train for a very, very long time. 
Um, it is good to see him flourish. You know, I think he's second on the team right now in yards. So he's still not somebody that I can feel confident throwing into my lineup week after week after week. But matchup wise and on the little run that he's on, I could feel pretty confident throwing him into a flex spot. Yeah, I think if we see it a couple more weeks or that he's really edged out Robert Woods and in targets overall, that I might be a little bit better. But right now I'm not quite there yet. It's still a Cooper Cup and then everybody else type of situation. So we'll see. Uh, Then we have Devontae Smith and the Eagles Panthers. I feel like they're going to be throwing a lot. I think he's for sure the number one option in Philadelphia right now. He has a very, very good, as he should, connection with his quarterback and Jalen Hurts. So, yeah, I would feel confident about starting Devontae Smith. I would say sit. Uh, He has had a couple of good games, but it has been very dependent on the type of offense they're running. And we saw that Carolina has been a good defense so far this year, with the lone exception being last week against Dallas. How did Dallas do it? Be more physical, beat you up early, and then hit you on the play action. Right now, the Eagles are not running the football and really not even attempting to. So I know Jalen Hurts has been able to set his floor really high with his rushing ability so far, even in the garbage time versus Dallas. But I don't look at this as being a very good Eagles team or an Eagles game against a better than we thought coming into the year Carolina defense and team. So I, I don't expect him to play well. This is a sit for me. You don't think he'll end up doing something in garbage time even? I mean, his targets have been very, very high. He's been a very big part of that offense. And you're the one person that said, and it rings in my head all the time, opportunity, opportunity, opportunity. He's somebody that gets an opportunity week in and week out. And that's why I think he should be starting. I agree. I mean, I don't think they're going to be in this ball game very long, but it's the garbage time and they're going to have to, still be somewhat competitive. The one thing that would give me pause is we don't know the makeup of that Carolina secondary right now. Uh, I know they just traded for CJ Henderson and then today traded for Stefan Gilmore, but Gilmore's not going to be able to be active until after next week anyway. And I don't know how effective CJ Henderson is yet at the moment, especially because they lost their first round pick. And I'm what is it? JC uh, Horn. I think it was Joe Horn's kid. He got or broke his foot, and I think he's going to be out for a couple of months, if not the entire year. So that would be the one thing that I would be able to point to and say, okay, yeah, maybe. Especially because the Eagles have something going in their passing game. Kenny Gainwell's played well. Um, Jalen Rager hasn't been terrible. They're two tight end sets. But I just don't like the fact that they're so one-dimensional right now and that they're pretty obvious with what they're going to do. So I I don't know. Maybe you're right and he gets some garbage time, but I hate trying to rely or predict garbage time. Uh, Rondell Moore, Christian Kirk, Max Williams, or A.J. Green, you can only pick two of them. I can only pick two of them? Well, because we already know you're starting nuke because it's new. <laughs> and after that, you maybe have two other predominant pass catchers against the 49ers. Who are you taking? I, mean, I guess I'll go with Christian Kirk and AJ Green just because it's down the line. The Rondell Moore kind of train is kind of slowed down a little bit. I do think he's a very, very good player, but I feel like he's one of those guys that you have to drops plays specifically for different concepts, different gadget type of stuff. 
with Christian Kirk and AJ Green, they're more peer wide receivers. And man, we just got to talk about for a second how good Arizona has been so far this year as well. Uh, that offense is really, really kicking. So yeah, I'm going to go Christian Kirk and AJ Green. I'm going to agree with you. Max Williams was a little bit questionable. I think he missed practice or was limited in practice today. So I think I'd take him out of that realm of possibility. But also, if you want to throw in that Rondale Moore has just not been targeted lately, where the other three have clearly defined roles. AJ Green, I think, has yet to have less than like 10 points a game since week two. So that's a decent track record. And I think he's leading this team in receptions and receiving yards right now. Christian Kirk has had a couple of really good games as well. I just think that this, they're going to throw the ball a lot. They could be up to three guys in their receiving room. And I'd probably play all three of them against the San Francisco 49er defense and secondary that has to be one of the most beat up and malnourished in the league. Lavishka Chenault and Marvin Jones against the Tennessee Titans. What team do those guys play for? The Jacksonville Jaguars. Then fuck no. <laughs> I don't want any of them. I, I that that team right now is just a dumpster fire, and I don't see it getting better anytime soon. So I I do not want to mess with any of the Jaguars wide receivers. I do think James Robinson can kind of stand alone, but other than that, there's really not much I'd like to touch there. They're kind of like the Houston Texans for me right now. These are both flex viable for me because of who they're playing and the fact that. Usually the team in crisis responds in one of two ways, angry and that they just like fuck everybody else and go out, goes out and puts on a great performance or they implode on themselves. I think the way Jacksonville played last week and even the week before against Arizona, I think they are growing and getting better despite all of the drama that's going around them and their head coach right now. I don't see them as imploding. I actually think they could go out and beat Tennessee this weekend. Wow. Wow unbelievable i didn't really think you liked urban meyer all that much i don't yeah that's what i'm saying this is kind of weird to have you saying that i really think it's going to implode i don't think it has anything to do with him i think it's the rest of the players there i think the team has i think he's lost that locker room a hundred percent i feel like they don't really care and these are grown men too it's not like it's a bunch Mm. of like kids where it's like you know, we're going to just unite together. It ain't like that. And I don't think it's going to be like that. I do think that it's going to be a long rest of the season. And I don't, I would be surprised if Urban Meyer makes it through the entire year. Again, I don't think this has anything to do with Urban Meyer. I saw a lot of pride and professional output last week against Cincinnati in a place they thought they could win. This is the division rival that's been beat up. They just lost to the Jets. I mean, Trevor Lawrence looked pretty good last week. And I do think that there's something going on in, in the water in Jacksonville. If James Robinson is going to continue to have great games like that, it, especially with DJ Chark being out, I think these guys are going to see more targets. For me, this is a uh, unusual one, but I actually think that the Jacksonville team responds and it has nothing to do with urban Meyer. I just think they're professionals and they're going to have a sense of pride. Miles Sanders. Again, this is the Eagles game. And they're playing the Panthers. Yeah, Miles Sanders has been pretty disappointing so far this year. I think Kenneth Gainwell has more points on this year so far. Yes, he does. And more touches in the last two weeks. Yeah, it's very puzzling to me because I, especially last year, I was a Miles Sanders truther. I feel like 
He has the ability. I just, I don't know. I really don't know what the issue is. I just don't think that he fits into their plans for whatever reason. They don't want to give him the ball on the ground. They don't want to give him the ball through the air and they just don't trust him. I I think it's as simple as that, that they just have designed an entire scheme around Jalen Hurts spreading it out and beating you with his legs and his arm. And that's how they're going to live and die. Even though Miles Sanders ripped off a couple of great runs a couple of weeks ago against Dallas, and then they never went to him again. I say this is an absolute sit if you have any other option. Uh, Then let's go to Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney versus the Raiders. Allen Robinson has been god-awful this year, all year long. Uh, Darnell Mooney seems to have a very good relationship with Justin Fields, if last week is any indication. So Darnell Mooney for me. I would say if you have to start one of them, it would probably be Mooney after what we saw last week. I still want to see it again against a team that isn't the Detroit Lions. I, I want to see Justin Fields perform and actually put up some stats. And the fact that, what was it, like 60% of his yardage all went to Darnell Mooney last week is a little telling. I still can't feel comfortable starting Allen Robinson no matter what. He's an absolute sit for me. Mooney you may take a little bit of pause, but I think he's probably a sit yet too for me, especially with how well that the Vegas uh, defensive secondary has been at times this year. Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, or Trevor Lawrence. Are you starting any of these rookies this weekend? <laughs> Man, that's a lot to, that you just threw at me. It's the last one on our list. I don't know. I guess I'll go with Justin Fields because I have the, the Bears beating the Raiders. So I'm going to go Justin Fields. I think Fields and Lance probably offer you the most versatility versus anybody else because of what they can do with their legs. But Trevor Lawrence got some rushing with his legs last week. He's playing a tough Titans or not tough, but you know, an easy Titans defense and Zach Wilson's going against Atlanta, but it is in London. I think that most of these, and frankly, Mac Jones had a good game against, well, I mean, Tampa's secondary right now is not pretty or very good and anybody can throw on them, but I don't know if uh, I would be too far away from starting any of these guys this week. I think they all have decent enough matchups Save for Fields, I, I don't like the matchup in the secondary. And Lance being his first start, I don't know if I'd start him right away. But realistically, I think if you rolled out any of these and had a good inkling or a good urge, I could make an argument for it. I think the rookies have started to round a corner a little bit. They all played relatively well last week. All right, so then uh, going to our underrated studs of the week. Again, these are the guys going outside of the top 10 in Yahoo points projections that we think might finish inside the top 10. My quarterback of the week, Joe Burrow versus the Green Bay Packers. I already stated it earlier. Green Bay is beat up all over their defense right now, missing all pros at both levels. I think that Joe Burrow is going to have a field day. I think he rounded a quarter last week. And if T. Higgins is healthy, look out Green Bay. Who is your underrated quarterback of the week? I'm going to go Russell Wilson versus the Rams. Uh, The Steelers, Steelers. The Seahawks and Rams, that's always an exciting matchup year after year when those two go at it twice a year, sometimes three times. That's when it's really fun. But, you know, I I think Russell Wilson knows this defense really well. I think he knows how to operate against him. If it was anybody else, I probably wouldn't throw him on here, but I can see Russell Wilson having a very big day against it in a very big game. 
Yeah, I'm curious to see. Apparently, uh, DK Metcalf is dealing with either a foot or an ankle situation, but I would expect him to play. I think they're more or less just resting him. But if that somehow it takes away a little of his effectiveness, given that Tyler Lockett was already dealing with some stuff going into last weekend. Uh, my underrated running back of the week, I have James Robinson against the Tennessee Titans. I have already made the case why I think his team is a little bit under the radar, but the Titans have given up a lot of points on the ground and through the air so far this year. I expect that to continue. I like James Robinson this week. Who is your underrated running back, my friend? I'm going to go DeAndre Swift. Jamal Williams is dealing with a hip injury. I just think that's more touches for DeAndre Swift. We already know what he can do catching the ball out of the backfield. I think he's much quicker and much faster than the uh, linebackers that Minnesota has. Uh, I'm going to go DeAndre Swift. Not a bad one. Minnesota's defense can't stop a nosebleed right now. My underrated wide receiver of the week, I'm going to go Terry McLaurin. Had a great game against uh, the Giants last, or no, the Falcons last week. And he's playing a New Orleans pass defense that's given up a lot. I know he'll probably be shadowed by Lattimore, but I just have an inkling that uh, after the Saints gave up a ton of yardage last week that they're going to probably do it again and that maybe uh, we won't have a complete shadow. I know Taylor Heineke loves looking his way. I think he's top five in points so far this year. Give me Terry McLaurin versus New Orleans. Who is your underrated wide receiver of the week? I'm going to go DJ Moore against Philly. You can't argue with what DJ Moore has been doing all year long. Hot hand, the quarterback, Sam Darnold, loves him. And going up against a Philly team where we don't really think it's going to be close all that all that often. So he is going to have to get his points early because I do think they're going to be running the ball a lot later on in the game. But I'm going to go DJ Moore against the Eagles. All right. Uh, finally, my t- underrated tight end of the week, I have Tyler Conklin versus the Detroit Lions. Uh, there aren't a lot of great tight ends outside of the top 10 right now, but this is probably one of the ones with the better matchup. I don't feel terribly strongly about this one, but maybe a guy that you could feature in your lineup this week, as I think that the Vikings will be throwing the ball a bit against a really beat up Detroit secondary. Who is your underrated tight end of the week? Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say too. It's This one was kind of just like throwing something at a wall and seeing what sticks. So I'm going to take Jared Cook against the Cleveland Browns because I like Jared Cook, and I think that he's going to score a decent amount of points. <laughs> That's, the best analysis. The zone, basically. That's the best analysis that I got. I think he could score a touchdown. All right, defensive stream of the week. This is a defense currently rostered in less than 50% of leagues that you could pick up and throw in your lineup this week. I'm going to go with Dallas against the New York Giants. I, I didn't feel that strongly about a lot of the defenses that were available that were under 50%. This is one where they've had a couple of really good weeks against some inconsistent quarterbacks. We know that the Giants have been playing well lately, but it's still Daniel Jones back there. You're waiting for him to have that game where he completely uh, trips on his own feet and just face plants. So why not against a Dallas team that seems to be intercepting everybody, or at least Trayvon Diggs is uh, every single week. I'll go with them. Who is your defensive stream of the week? I am going to go with the New England Patriots against the Texans. Simply put, the Texans are terrible. I just think that they're going to have a decent amount of turnovers. And like I said, Texas, the Texans are just terrible. So I'm just going to go with the Patriots. Especially if Davis Mills is starting again. All right, long shots of the week. These are going outside the top 20 in Yahoo projected points that we think have a shot to finish inside the top 10. My first one up, Jamar Chase. Why the hell is he going outside the top 20 when he's facing a beat up Green Bay defense and has been putting up points save for last week? 
to me, this is an easy one. I don't know why he'd be outside the top 20 at all, let alone outside the top 10. I think he's going to have a bunch of points this weekend against Green Bay. Who's your first long shot? My first long shot is Jameis Winston against the Washington football team. They've been pretty bad against opposing quarterbacks. Maybe we see good Jameis again. So I'm going to go Jameis Winston. My only concern is, is they're not throwing the ball to Kamara, and I don't know what the viability of the rest of their passing options has been so far, even though he, I think he actually did play well against the Giants last week. So remains to be seen, but that's an interesting pick. My other one that I'm going to go with is a little bit of a homer pick, but Kareem Hunt versus the Chargers. The Chargers have been giving up a lot of running room so far this year. I think that the Browns are going to have to throw the football at some point, and realistically, they have not been targeting Nick Chubb in the passing game so far. All of the passing down work seems to be going to Kareem Hunt. He's the one vulturing touchdowns. He's the one getting the more valuable touches through the passing game primarily, and he hasn't been a slouch on the ground. I actually think he's been the better back so far, even though uh, Nick Chubb's getting more of the rushing carries. Uh, to me, I think this is a much underrated back that probably should be going a lot higher than I think he's rated as the 23rd best uh, point getter right now. I think he could easily finish inside the top 10 and have a really good game against the Chargers this weekend. Give me Kareem Hunt. Who is your second long shot of the week? My second long shot of the week is Corey Davis against the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I kind of talked about it earlier in um, the episode about what I think Corey Davis can kind of be this uh, this week. Not to mention Atlanta, they give up the eighth most points to fantasy wide receivers so far this year. I do think it could be a Corey Davis game. I, I think he really should be the number one wide receiver. Hopefully Zach Wilson has kind of been rounding a corner. He had a very good game this last week. So I'm going to go Corey Davis against Atlanta. In All right. So we get to everybody's favorite game to end the week, the over-unders. Last week, you went a down one and three in your overall picks. We took the Gronk one off the board, so there were only four to have. I went three and one with mine. We have a new set of five here, sir. First one up, 49 and a half rushing yards for any Jets or Falcons individual rusher, <laughs> over or under. You know, it's crazy. I'm going to take the under because nothing pops into my head for anybody. I don't think Mike Davis gets there, so I'm going to go under. Yeah, I don't think anybody gets under or gets over that either, which is the sad part of this. There are too many running backs to take advantage of getting over 50 yards for the Jets. Uh, they're having a by-committee approach right now, and I just don't think that they're moving the ball primarily on the ground. And the Jets' run defense is better than you think it is. Mike Davis has not been efficient so far. So you're basically looking, can Cordero Patterson break 50 yards? on the ground. I think most of his value has been coming in the passing game so far. So I just don't see it to me. This is none of them are cracking 50 yards rushing individually in this game. All right. Then we have Tom Brady, 299.5 passing yards against the Miami dolphins over or under basically, does he get to 300 yards passing? Yeah, that's a lot of passing yards. I just don't know if the game script is going to dictate that many passing yards. I don't think Miami's going to hang in the game that long. So I'm going to take the under. I'm going to take the under as well, because first off, the Dolphins probably aren't going to be able to score enough with Tampa to make that enough of a game. And I just don't think he's going to be throwing as much Two, the way to beat the Dolphins right now is to run the football, especially because their secondary is so good. So I think that this is actually going to be a good game for Leonard Fournette instead of Tom Brady, uh, even though 
arguably you could say Tom Brady basically puts up 300 yards every week unless it's raining, apparently. Uh, then let's go to 29 and a half carries for Derrick Henry versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Carries, right? Not touches. Carries. carries. Man, I'm going to take the under, but I don't feel good about it. I'm taking the over. I think he's been yeah. averaging like 35 carries right now. I mean, that's enormous compared to any other back. I don't know how he does it, but they with potentially A.J. Brown and Julio Jones missing another week, Game yeah, that I guess that need. was my question too. Julio Jones didn't practice today, so yeah, I could see it, but I'll take the under just to play devil's advocate, I guess. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna stick with this one. I'll I'll take the over because I think they're gonna have to because that's the only way they're gonna win. Uh, twenty nine and a half yards rushing for either Trey Lance or Justin Fields. I'll only take one the of them has on to that. get that. I'll I'll take the over. I'm compelled to take the under, but I think I'm going to take the over just because I know the minute I take the under, then one of them is going to pull off some really long rushing play, especially since I think that both of both of them are going to start this weekend. So I guess I'll take the over as well. Finally, we have a straight up just the Vegas line on points for this game. 56.5 points scored in the Bills Chiefs game over under. I feel like this is easy. I'm going to take the over. I I don't. Every time I think that I have an easy over like that, it always goes under. So I'm going to go under on this one. I don't know what it is about it, but there's just going to be something weird that happens like weather wise or whatever else. It's going to keep the under on this one. I'm going to take the under. It's it's going to be a weird one. I, I just, I have a feeling in my bones. So on the season, just to recap our records, I am eight and six in the over-unders. You are five and four, and Dana is three and two. Pretty close all in all. Any closing thoughts for the week? Now, ready to get this uh, week started with. Um, Good luck to everyone so far this week as well, and hopefully the seasons are going pretty well. So I'm going to be watching at least the first set of games with Dana, and I don't know how that's going to go because he's already – tugged at the I am not going to listen to you whine three times this season that I've had to tell him that. So we'll see how it goes. But I don't know. When you've won the league four times, I don't want to hear it anymore when one guy on your bench outperforms one guy in your lineup. That was a close decision. Fuck you. You know, that's I'm glad to see you guys are, you know, after this past week you played each other and I'm glad to see you're going to be hanging out. Yeah, thanks. Especially because that was a close game. And uh, could have gone either way for a while. (laughs) Thank you to all the listeners and Dynasty players out there. We appreciate you. We will be back again next week to recap week five. But until then. Until then, good luck, everybody. And we will talk to you next week. If you'd like to contact the show or have a question for us, please write us at DynastyDownload10 at gmail.com. You can also now find us on Twitter at DYDownload2020. Find every episode of the show at dynasty-download.captivate.fm. And as always, please follow, rate, and review the show so that more people can discover that Dynasty Fantasy is the best form there is. This podcast was mixed, produced, and edited by Thomas Duncan as a production of Ronnie Duncan Studios. Our music is thanks to Purple Planet Music. Our technical provider and distributor is Captivate FM.